Welcome back to Adulthood Friends. This is the discussion-based podcast where two former childhood acquaintances, now friends, discuss the things that adverb grant? Grant? Cosmologically. 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 The things that cosmologically matter. Cosmologically, that's your adverb of the week. And I'm Aya. I'm Josh. And I'm Grant. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) And today we have a very special episode with Grant Vesna. So this is episode 54 astronomy versus astrology so we're going to talk about some of the differences so what are the definitions and differences of astrology and astronomy what is the scientific basis of each or lack thereof (laughs) and what are the impacts of astrology and astronomy on society and on the individual did i miss anything everything else that we're going to talk about that wasn't in there everything (laughs) else i missed all of that okay should we just we should get into this Let's, let's just get into it let's do it let's get into it Oh, it's so good to be back. Sure is, Josh. He says that every time. Have you listened to the ones where he says that? I have. Constantly? Yeah. It's really annoying. Yeah. It's irritating, <laughs> right? What do you what do you think, Grant? Oh no, absolutely not. I love Josh and all his mannerisms. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Oh Grant doesn't Josh, want me to be like a punching bag. Oh. He doesn't want you to be a punching bag. No, that's what this is, I thought. Yet. <laughs> he's starting you off easy. He's trying to make you think that he's on your side. I suddenly am going to agree with yeah. everything Grant says moving forward. This is crazy. All right. <laughs> so Grant, hello. What's up? What's up? Yeah. Well, uh, who are you? Who am I? Yeah, that's a complicated question. Why do we know you? I guess I met you what in high school, like grade nine. I guess we technically met in grade nine, right? I don't know about you and Aya, but Definitely. we met in grade. Yeah. We we yeah. get we got to know each other after grade ten biology class, I think. Right. What is it yeah. that you initially thought about me, Grant? I knew you were going to ask this question. Oh, what is it? Oh, I, that's... So apparently when I met Josh, I thought that he had a habit of speaking extensively about frivolous things. Oh my God. Frivolous or trivial? Maybe it was... I never remember what the word was. I'm sorry. I, Has that opinion I... changed? Because it shouldn't. It shouldn't have changed over the years. <laughs> it, like this it was episode a fair... or... It was a fairly <laughs> accurate first impression, I think. Yeah, it was. <laughs> well, the funny thing about that is I think we he had an idea. It wasn't a friendship that seemed like it was definitely going to happen at first. No, no. It's a bit surprising, but it's worked out over the years. You know what? Those are the best, <laughs> yeah. those are the best friendships sometimes. That's nice. Yeah. So you've just learned to enjoy that he talks extensively about frivolous things. Is that what happened, Grant? You're just like, he does, and but I'm okay with it. I kind of need a friend like that. Otherwise, oh. I just wouldn't talk. And, you know, I need someone to push me to talk. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Josh, yeah. look, you have a use. <laughs> have a I'm a use. I have, I have a purpose and a use. Well, yeah. I think part of the fun of that was, I think we had more in common than initially was on the surface. I mean, Grant, I think, was known throughout our school as, I mean, I'll just say a, a genius. That's what everyone would say. You know, Grant's a genius because mm. I think you are. I mean, you're more than just a genius, but I think that's the word people would use. I don't know. Even just the 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 way you present yourself was very, you always, you were mature for your age mm. and always seemed wise beyond your years. We knew you'd go on to do great things and you already have, which I'm sure we'll get into. Couple. Yeah, maybe. You're very, very successful. <laughs> I remember it was it, yeah, grade 10 biology and you were always really great at, you know, math and sciences and mm all the quote-unquote smart classes um also english and all of those like said, oh okay all right that's okay. a quote-unquote not smart yeah, classes. you're good at I mean, all the things the thing is grant yeah. was good thank at you, those too. yeah grant was good at all of them that was the uh-huh. thing 
Okay. I think I remember you helping like tutor me even in some of these, uh, in some of the science classes. Yeah. Maybe biology or something think, at, at one point. Yeah. Biology yeah. or chemistry or something. And, yeah. but by the way, we've, you come up on this podcast before. It's interesting. We're really excited to finally have you on. Yeah. I feel like we've talked about you. Okay. Yeah. At various points. Like that time in the middle of the night that you moved to Los Angeles. I did bring that oh, up. Yeah. 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 Grant was, <laughs> Grant yeah. literally got me, I was what, a few hours before I left Canada to go move to Los Angeles. I started packing. Yeah. At my <laughs> behest. I'm like, could you, it's nine o'clock. Like we're flying there at 5 a.m. Oh, yeah. That's brutal. <laughs> Doesn't Josh stress you out when he does? That's craziness. That's I stress oh, people I, I out with that. Yeah. yeah, 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 a little bit. Yeah. Well, Grant helped me move, and he also flew down with me and spent the first That's week nice. with me, which really helped the move wow. here be. It really eased my transition. Yeah. Like I was really. It actually there was a moment, there was a lot of sadness when you left after that week because then I finally hit me. <laughs> you know that I that I was. You're in a different country. You're on a different coast, and yeah, and you're all alone. But you really helped ease that transition. I mean, you you were there. And I think I brought it up before, but you helped build my computer, which only was useful for everything mm -hmm. in my life. Yeah. You went with me to when I got my first camera, when I to shoot my first films, and you were my cinematographer <laughs> for my first films. There's nothing you can't do, really. Yeah. And I remember us becoming friends kind of it was interesting because I, I felt like I per I don't know about you, but I, I felt like I kind of pursued being your friend because I really looked up to you the type of person that you presented as and the things you like to talk about and the things you thought about were in my head often right obviously what I <laughs> you said maybe I like to talk about trivial frivolous things here and there but I really I mean I loved having intellectual conversation and talking about things that matter which is you know it's yeah. not a coincidence that that's what we hope to do on this podcast it felt like a like a kind of a like a mission for me that we would end up you know, I wanted to spend time, hang out, get to know you, you know, have amazing conversations and learn from you. Yeah. Those were some of my, you know, most fun, memorable experiences of my life, including when I went over to your cottage and we watched all three extended Lord of the Rings movies throughout the entire night and ate pickles that you pickled <laughs> yourself. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then I think I took a really good portrait of you at dawn that morning. Oh, the camera. Like the sun rising behind a yeah. Because yeah. you were always really into photography as well. Right. And everything else. That's and, my, part of the reason yeah. you went with me to get my camera. Yeah. I still remember when you getting your initial cameras because you wanted to get into film and like asking me what you should get. And I kind of had some ideas at a, you know, certain budget. And you're like, no, no, no. We got to think bigger. <laughs> you were like, here's one for a hundred. Here's one for a few yeah. hundred. I think we had brought this up before actually yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. And then you're like, well, Josh, this one's like kind of like a thousand. And I'm like, what about mm -hmm. this one? And you're like, Josh, this one's $6,000. And I'm like, that's the one I want. You're like, you're crazy. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but if I get it, then I have to use it. Right. And you did have to. And I did. The funny thing is that I went and got another one after that too. We got the DSLR. Yeah. Well, that wasn't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. We used, we used both of them. Yeah. For different things. Yeah. I remember in one of the films we shot in, um, what is that building? Was it Weldon? Yeah, in Weldon Library. In the elevator. Oh, in the elevator. Yeah. Oh no, that was in the social science building. Yeah. Yeah. In the elevator. Yeah. The movie was called Aptly Elevator. Yeah. And there was no power in the elevator. So I brought a car battery and an inverter so that we could plug the camera into a car battery what? to have it run long enough. Oh my god. To shoot this. That says everything about Grant that you need yeah, to know. Yeah, that says 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a good idea of like the kind of person. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just, yeah, I'm rushing through things, obviously. Yeah. We have things to talk right. about and such, but obviously we met in high school. We were high school yeah. friends. We continued to know each other in universities when we started to, we both went to Western University together. And, yeah. You know, that's when we made those movies together. I was doing neuroscience and you were doing, what were you doing? I ended up doing biochemistry. Biochemistry. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's it, I guess. I thought it was something really smart. Okay. I'm pretty uh, sure biochemistry is <laughs> smart. The jo- that's the joke. I asked. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so then I did that. And then I did dentistry at Western. You left, I think, in my like first year of dentistry. And so then I had to keep right. you know, flying out to see you or something. That's right. You started yeah. coming out to see me. So basically, I went to graduate school for a film at LA, which is what you flew down for in that first mm-hmm. week. Yeah. And then you went to dentistry in, in London for, at Western. And then you became an orthodontist. Yes. Yeah. Oh. I wandered off to Florida to do that. <laughs> and you're in, you're in Florida right now. Yeah. And you were a professor of orthodontics as well. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. The last five years. So... After dentistry, I moved to Jacksonville, Florida. I did a two-year program, like a residency in orthodontics. I got a master's degree, not a PhD, unfortunately. You know, I'll never get to achieve that. We can't all be Aya. That's right. But <laughs> well, um... <laughs> I think a master's in orthodontics counts as like it's we're, de- we're good. It's, it's not. A, it's fine. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. So anyway, when I graduated, they're like could you not leave and apply for this position? So then I became a assistant professor of orthodontics. That was for about two and a half years. Then I became the clinic director of what's a fairly large orthodontic program. And uh, I just left that so that I can end up working with my wife, who is also an orthodontist. From which we can infer you also got married. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, Maybe uh, two and a half years ago. But uh, I met my wife in residency in Florida. And uh, she's wonderful. Congratulations. I met her too. She's wonderful. She's really great. Thank you. Yeah. She speaks four languages. I only speak one, you know, but I try like Josh to hang around people that maybe better me in some way. That's nice. She's also an orthodontist. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So moving back a second, we know each other, but you also know each other, right? Because yeah, you guys yeah. so, had a, didn't you have a similar friend group? Yeah. So I'm pretty sure I, I feel like I remember Grant from like the first day of grade nine. If I'm being, I, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but so <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So it was like, we had um, enriched English class. Oh, yes. And yeah. I don't think I belonged yeah. there, but I was there for whatever reason. Because you're also a genius. I No, that's not... Okay. When it comes to English, especially. Well, I was definitely the dumbest person in that class, like by I mean, far. I was in that class, like this is this is not good. Humble. Says the PhD in the subject. Exactly. Well, aren't you a PhD in span in Hispanic studies? In, oh. Yeah, Hispanic studies. There is literature in there, though. So okay, if you want right. to say that? Yeah, there's language there is, stuff in there. Yeah. It's language and it's literature, though. So literature. I see what you're saying. Yes, but still, but they were like really smart, annoying people in there. Not not annoying, but like they were annoyingly smart people. Fair. That's what I mean. Like David Wang was like some chess champion and I don't know. He yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So first day of grade nine and the teacher's reading out like the attendance list and he's like so and so and they're like, yeah, so and so here. And then they said Grant's name and Grant was like, since this is a gifted class, 
shouldn't we say presents? And I was like, oh man, who is this guy? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I, I think it was a joke. I don't like to hear about my grade nine self. Oh my God, I'm sorry. No, it was funny. It was funny. I think we yeah. laughed. Okay. I'm a, good, good. Yeah, I think it was a funny joke, but I, I was like, I don't know if he was serious or not. It was, it's a good joke though. Like, I uh, think I was attempting a joke. I, maybe. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it's a good one. Yeah. So that was, that was my idea. I was like, that was my idea of you. The thing I remember is everybody everybody respected Grant. Yeah, I also remember. Yeah, we, we yes, we respected oh, you. Okay. We also I also remember. I'm just, <laughs> just gonna throw more annoying things out here, but like, okay, I thought that I was really clever because I had written like so in my whatever my journal whatever I was worried about my bro older brother reading it so I had written out different symbols for each letter and I was like look Grant I made a language and you were like that's not a language it's a code <laughs> I was like oh you're like languages have grammar you idiot no you didn't say that you were just like languages have grammar they have this just has like a one-to-one -one. it's a code I was like okay so I mean you were nice about it but I was also just like womp womp <laughs> like I thought I was going to be impressive. Yeah. Like, look, I'm smart yeah. too. And you were like, that's a code. It's very, it's a very nice code. Yeah. But it's a code. Anyways, <laughs> but yes. Yeah. I made some of those myself, but I oh, did kept you? them oh. secret. Yes. Yeah. Codes or languages? Well, not languages. It, it yeah. was like my own alphabets to write yeah. stuff in. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, okay. You didn't tell me yeah. that at the time. You were just like, that's a code. Bye, weirdo. No. You, you guys are talking that. about this like this is just like a normal thing everybody does. This is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> is it crazy to, to write a... No, it's it's. You normal. guys just it's... came up with your own alphabets on the side just for fun? You just make a symbol yeah. for each letter and then you write it often enough that you get used to it. Right. And mine was written <laughs> from right thing. to left. Oh, like Hebrew. Oh. Yeah. And yeah. Arabic. Yeah, I didn't do that. Mine was yeah. left to right like a like a commoner. Uh, <laughs> like a fool. Hey, did you know that Greek <laughs> used to be written in both directions until they finally... What? Yeah. I know that now. I didn't know that. Yeah. How did you know which side to start on then? Do they have like little arrows pointing like... Oh. Well, it, it's like one line oh, would go like one way. Oh, like snakes around? And the, right. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. It kind of makes sense. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. We should go back to that. Okay. My next code will go from... Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. You should try it. Uh, anyway. So I have good... I mostly have good memory. I just... Those those are kind of the funny right. reminders. Just like the... Shouldn't we say present? And the... That's a code on a language, you dummy. Uh, yeah. You didn't say you dummy. I added that on. But... And uh, I'm impressed with your memory because I didn't remember either of those stories. I mean, don't worry. I blocked out much of high school. So... Yeah, I just have little... <laughs> little anecdotes and then the rest is just a blur like i don't remember anything else i think we had tons of classes together though mm -hmm. yeah and like tons of them yeah tons of them well i was very excited for you to come on too grant because we've had up to this point mostly except for uh brad bangs bowl right people that you know we've been kind of going up to the echelons of people you know we met in preschool elementary school yeah and then we were you know coming to high school and we had brad on but we hadn't anybody else so i think like you being on here it's like a really when I think of like people I met in high school and became best friends with, it's you. Oh, that's nice. We had a good time for many years. So I'll just say yeah. really nice things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's nice. I mean, obviously, we've talked about how we met you or what we thought of you. What was your, I guess you talked a little bit about me, yeah. but uh, what are your memories of us from that point or from Aya? Some girl who keeps trying to impress me with a code when it's clearly, or with a, yeah, <laughs> the code is a language. <laughs> no, I, I remember thinking that you were really smart and like oh. you knew oh. a lot of like literature type stuff oh, that 
Thanks. I thought that it was beyond what I understood about a lot of things. So really, I, that was yeah. not my idea of. Okay, well, great. I fooled everybody. That's high praise coming from Grant. Yeah. That is high praise. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Grant. I had that's very nice. positive opinions. Oh, that's nice. And I was the guy who liked to talk about trivial things. Okay. Yeah. Just be, just be that, one. That, that was only like the first week, and then. <laughs> I don't even know how you found out about that. Did I tell you or did someone? No, you did tell me originally that. Okay. Well, you had told me that at first that is what you had thought before oh. we got to know each other a little better. Right. Yeah. I think um, Josh and I just spent a lot of time together over the years. Hmm. Like I built your computer. <laughs> we shot some films together. I packed up your computer to move to LA. That was crazy. By the way, specifically yeah, yeah. that was crazy. Yeah. Because he packed up my desktop computer. If you think about that, it's not just something you throw in a bag and right, yeah. you bring with you. Like, yeah, you, we had to figure out a way to insulate it. You have to disassemble it. It's not just like parts of yes. it were disassembled. You took out like the hard drives and then the hard drives, graphics it. cards. Yeah. yeah, but even like when it got to LA, I remember it was it was dented, but it survived. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and it worked. I remember when you dropped the bag at like the baggage carousel. The guy like pushed it over and oh, it no. tipped over. And mm. your face was one of like shock and horror. Mm. And <laughs> I'm like, have you seen the videos of how they throw the bags yeah, in the they... plane? Like, oh, this man. is the least of what you have to worry about. <laughs> I'm prepared <laughs> for it. <laughs> and was it okay? It ultimately was. Yeah, okay. except for the one dent. Except for okay. the dent. And then yeah. Grant, every time Grant would come from Florida, well, first from Canada, from Canada. Yeah. yeah. And then like, I guess later from Florida. But every time you would come, you would like come and upgrade my computer. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. We go and, and get parts and it became like a thing that we did. Yeah. We've also talked about someday making another film together because it's crazy that I don't know if I'd be doing film if not for you. Wow. I can trace it right yeah. back to it's, it's very straightforward. I went and it's because of you, you know, that we went and got that camera and you shot the movies and we figured that out together. Yeah. I think I brought this up before, but I'll say it again if I have, because I remember talking to Roman, you know, uh, Roman and I were very close um, sure. in high school. Right. And at the time I told him, like, I really wanted to like, be like, be good friends with you. <laughs> and he knew though, that the first few times we were like hanging out, it wasn't quite like, it didn't like easily click. We weren't like easily clicking. Well, you were talking about really trivial things constantly. No. Frivolous. Frivolous. It wasn't like, oh, we were just like a perfect match of people on the surface and it just clicked, right? Yeah. Roman asked me at the time, he's like, why? Why are you putting that kind of effort in if it doesn't just click like that? I was like, I, because I, I can see something there. I could see there's something here. There's something. So Josh pursued your friendship, basically. He was like, yeah, like a relationship. I know we're meant to be friends. <laughs> I just know it. Yeah, they're rare. But I made some efforts too. Oh, like, yeah. you know, after three years there, Josh graduated from his program. And I just was like, hey, you know, when is it? It's like tomorrow. So then I just yeah. flew over there oh, to go. Nice. Grant flew to my graduation. Oh, man, that's really My nice. dad didn't come to my graduation <laughs> of my program, but Grant showed yeah. up. Yeah. Grant can be your adopted father. <laughs> Grant was my adopted father. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, he made some efforts in the beginning, but I made some efforts later on. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. No, it was very it was very mutual in that regard throughout. But uh, all I can say is that you're heavily appreciated and so happy that you're yeah. here talking with us because, you know, 
I know that I've had a lot to learn from you in the past. I'm hoping maybe other people will now too yeah. when they get yeah. to hear from you. And me too. Well, we'll see what I can come up with. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I just want to clarify. I don't just remember random bits. Like we are, we were in the same friends group, friend groups. I remember. Yeah, absolutely. Learning lots from Grant. To be like, what does Grant think of this? <laughs> and you'd always have you had like an encyclopedic knowledge of various things that mm-hmm. would come in mm-hmm. handy. It would be like if Grant says this, we, we should all just do what he says like yeah so i used to have this like frustration and i talked about this i think when simone was on too to some degree but like that we often look up to the wrong types of people mm. you know for dumb reasons or whatever right celebrity-esque or popularity type of things too mm-hmm. and grant i think you were actually popular in a way uh, for you know who you were which is interesting because you're very intelligent but people always respected you for that too and i think you in a way were popular for that yeah i think that's something to look up to and something to aspire to. And I, I know that it was always very important to you as well to, um, you knew what mattered in a way when it came to stuff. Let me find the right words here. <laughs> Did you say stuff? Yeah. <laughs> okay, stuff. You knew, you knew what stuff mattered. That's my literary <laughs> yeah. knowledge. Yeah. yeah. You were careful not to focus on trivial things, although there is an argument to be had for having fun and, and you know, socializing and, tank- and having like stupid good times too. But you know, it's something to look up yeah. to. All right, let's talk about okay. Let's talk about stuff. Right? Can't we praise like, Grant some more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Grant, no, that... Grant, you're wonderful. Well, we're all gonna see because we're just telling everybody that he's great. But like, soon we'll see. And that's been a great episode, guys. Uh, <laughs> that's you know. it, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Next time. Next time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what are we talking about today? Yeah. So astronomy versus astrology. Any first impressions? Can I just say this topic idea that we came up with astronomy versus astrology? It's a little tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think all it's of us here, we're not, yeah. it's a lot tongue in cheek. Sounds like through the cheek. Yeah. It's... And I should put some sort of disclaimer here that if you're like real big into astrology and you might easily get offended if somebody was to criticize it, I'm... you might want to stop. I'm one of those people, Josh. I'm highly, I'm heavily yeah, identified she, as whatever the fuck side I she, Yeah, she, she or I. <laughs> you might want to bail for, you know, if you're easily triggered by mm. people making fun of or criticizing astrology, because really what I think we're going to end up talking about here is science versus pseudoscience, right? I think all three of us are pretty clear about the fact that one of these is science mm. and one of these is not. That sounds like something a Capricorn would say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, what are it's because we're Capricorns, Josh. Yeah, yeah. I and I are Capricorns. That. What What are you exactly? We're like too practical for yeah. astrology. When's your birthday, Grant? Hey, what are you? November. So I'm a Scorpio. Oh man, Scorpios. Yeah, yeah. That's, we should yeah. be careful with you. <laughs> Absolutely. Aren't you guys like traitors and stuff? Don't you betray people? Traitor. Yeah. All of them. So everybody born in yeah. November is a traitor. <laughs> <laughs> Craziness. Two. I recently saw this yeah. uh, comedy. This stand-up comedian. I don't know if I, I think I might have sent it to you. You guys. definitely sent it to me. Yeah. It was this guy who was like, anybody here uh, big into astrology? And you just heard a bunch of like, woo, yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah? Guess what I am? Guess what sign I am? And someone calls out a sign and he's like, no, you have 11 more guesses. <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, they didn't say. So he's like, I'm a Scorpio. And then here's somebody in the audience go, I knew it. <laughs> and he's like yeah it makes a lot of sense after i say it he's like you know what the best part is i'm not a scorpio <laughs> because i'm a virgo and then somebody else is like no i knew it oh he's like god. oh my god they never learn like, i'm not a virgo either <laughs> and i think that comedy sketch kind of like that's it in a nutshell for me let's dive into it a little bit more let's touch on maybe astrology first sure and then we can get into the more scientific 
stuff. Because the weird thing is these are totally separate concepts, right? For the most part. But people, strangely enough, do get them confused or even conflate them. All the time. Well, they both have star things. Yeah. Astro. They're both related to stars. Yeah. The astro it part. means star. Oh, right? Look at that. This is I'm why learning Grant is from here. Grant's already. Yeah. I didn't even think about that, but that's true. Astro. Astro yeah. means stars. Yeah, of course. One of the favorite huh. things that I learned in English at Western was this thing called the Etymology Online Dictionary. Mm-hmm. And it has like amazing etymological definitions of words. Oh, cool. It's worth checking out. Interesting. Yeah, I, I could look them up. I'll forget them instantly. But yeah, I would look them up probably. That would be good. <laughs> so they have that in common. Uh, they have to do yeah. with stars. But other than that, is there anything else that they have in common? I think their origins. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, um, it's really only in the 1800s that they started getting separated. Mm-hmm as people started to apply the scientific method and say that, well, you can't really use the positions of the planets when somebody's born to predict aspects of their lives. And that's what astrology is. Essentially, yeah. Positions of the planets or when specifically your sign is supposed to refer to what constellation the sun was in when you're born. Oh, I I didn't know that. Yeah. And the weird thing is that it's not even correct. Oh. <laughs> I was going to be like, that's kind of yeah. cool. Maybe there is something this. to that. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. There's this thing where the earth spins on its axis, but then the axis Things move. also precesses. It wobbles like a top. And so the signs are what they would have been 2,000 years ago. Oh, so they're different now. Yeah. So people aren't even what they think that they are. Exactly. Like you have to account for that precession if you really wanted to be accurate about it. But it doesn't have any meaning anyway, so why bother? Why be accurate about something that's arbitrary anyways? Right. <laughs> Wait a second. So like, let's try to take this, you know, as scientists right now. And, you know, let's say there, you know, we want to see something in this in the first place. Right? We're applying the scientific method to it. I pulled it up here, the different types of um, signs that there are, right? I mean, Aries or a Taurus or a Gemini. You and I are Capricorns, right? Uh, Grant's a, a Scorpio, according to this thing. Where did these specific ones come from and why did they, why are they what they are? Like a Scorpio, it says, is intense, private, and has a magnetic pre. Oh, shit, that is you, Grant. Oh, the dog? Oh. Yeah. Uh, can I? No, no, no. I was saying that? you're oh. a Scorpio. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, you have, you have a can dog. Can you hear my dog in the background? We oh, you can. have a dog? Yeah. Bring He's your a dog. dog in. What are you doing? Yeah, I'll get him. How late yeah, my lot. cat's here. It's Riley, right? All right. They're, they're part of the podcast. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. One second. Puppy in. Yeah. Right, Kitty, are you part of the podcast? This dog is very cute. Grant thinks I'm smart. Huh. <laughs> it's good that some people do. I'm just... I know, right? <laughs> it's terrible. I mean, it helps. Oh, little. That's oh my God! Look eye. at his floppy ears. He's so cute. He's extremely cute. Oh my God. He doesn't want to be here for whatever. Oh, reason. he doesn't. Okay, I don't want to put him through anything. Hi, puppy. Hello. You have a very cute little face. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. What type is he? He's a mini beagle. Mini beagle. Oh. Oh my gosh. Adorable. Floppy little ears. Okay, bye. Oh. And he ran immediately. Yeah, he super didn't want to be in there. <laughs> Very cute. Okay, well, thank you for sharing. Thanks for sharing your dog, Grant. Thank you for thank sharing you. your yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, so what I was saying was I was looking at the different uh, signs. Yeah. You're a Scorpio, for example. And it says here that Scorpios are intense, 
private and have a magnetic presence. Whoa. And they are known for their passion and are deeply emotional. Are you deeply emotional? We just didn't I feel like these can all well we'll get to that. Yeah, who isn't sure. deeply emotional? Like mm, right. no, I'm just shallowly emotional. I just <laughs> kind of feel them and then they're just like bye. And it says here that Capricorns We have the lamest one. It's the lamest. It's an earth sign and it's represented by the sea goat. What's a sea goat? Why would an yeah. earth sign be cap be I don't know. Okay, sorry. Capricorn yeah. individuals are disciplined, mm -mm. responsible, mm -mm. and have a strong work ethic. They're ambitious and have a realistic approach to life. I mean neither of us has a realistic approach to life, Josh. Let's it be depends honest. how you look You're at it. You're a filmmaker. <laughs> well, I can make it fit <laughs> like, me, right? I can make this fit me. Right. And I think we can make the other one fit you, Grant. This like yeah. where did that come from? It speaks to a lot of people, but first of all, who came up with where in the stars does it say that a cancer is a horrible disease, emotional, intuitive, and nurturing, and has a strong sense of family and are fiercely loyal to their loved ones? Like, where did they get that from the stars? A whole lot of creativity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. It's basically a lesson in creative writing so that you design things that can apply to a lot of different people. And there's a name for this, right? I think we've talked about this before, I on the podcast. Oh, okay. It's oh. called the P.T. Barnum effect. Okay. You've heard of this, Grant? No. Oh, great. I get to... Josh got get to... so excited when you said no. <laughs> One of my new favorite things now is asking chat GPT questions so we don't oh have to look God. it up anymore. Yeah. This is the new AI. It's changing the world, guys. Chat we'll GPT a... is his new grant, Grant. So no, nobody will ever replace GPT Grant. Is his new best friend, basically. <laughs> nobody will ever replace Grant. But for now, this AI... I mean, it's going to change the world. We'll do a whole episode on artificial intelligence sometime. But for now, we'll just like use it to help us. But let me ask you right now, what is the P.T. Barnum effect? It's also known as the Forer. That's what Wikipedia is for, you know. Effect. This is faster, actually. Okay. It's a psychological phenomenon in which people believe that vague and general statements apply specifically to them. Mm -hmm. It is named after P.T. Barnum, the famous circus showman, if you guys recall the main character in The Greatest Showman as well was P.T. Barnum, who was known for making grand sweeping statements that seem to apply to a wide range of people. The Barnum effect works by taking advantage of our natural tendency to seek out patterns and meaning in the world around us. When we read a description that is general and not specific, we tend to fill in the gaps with our own beliefs, experiences, and characteristics. And this leads us to believe that the statement is highly accurate and specifically applies to us, even though it could apply to a large number of people. So... We tend to be very selective in what we hear, I guess, when we mm. we read these statements, right? If something, we see the stuff that applies to us and we go, eh, the stuff that doesn't, yeah, yeah it's whatever. I'm not listening to that. Or we'll make it apply to us. Right. The stuff that resonates, you will remember as a mm. psychological effect. Yes. And that which doesn't just gets thrown away. And that's the same reason. I mean, that's horoscopes. This is horoscopes too, right? Astrology, same thing. Yes, essentially the same thing. Horoscopes are like the Western tradition of astrology right right because there are different traditions and i remember my grandma used to love reading like the horoscopes every week in the newspaper and seeing what that said about her i mean it, people find a lot of comfort in this obviously but just like i think they do in you know the religious beliefs other made-up stuff no i'm just kidding <laughs> not religion necessarily Oopsie. I don't i'm gonna say there's <laughs> a big kidding. difference between religion it's so funny to me that so many like people who believe in astrology are so anti-religion and I'm like, you don't realize how like religious you are oh. about this, right? right? Yeah, they go in the same category for me. Well, to me, there's actually a big difference. Oh, what are they? As much as it's easy to kind of like make fun of religion at, at times, religion is unfalsifiable, or at least, you know, the existence of God and things like that, right? Yeah. We can't prove that God exists or doesn't exist, but we can prove that astrology is wrong. 
<laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. That's what happened. It makes testable predictions that mm -hmm. you can do studies and papers on. And they did stuff like this in they the did 1800s. It. Yeah. And that's why it fell out of favor. It was once a scholarly discipline. And the testing of the predictions it made showed that they were false. Mm -hmm. So then that created astronomy as a scholarly discipline. Mm -hmm. And astrology became something for you know, a throwaway newspaper. Well, it's had a big comeback, I think, astrology, though. Yeah. Because yeah. especially over here in Los Angeles, I'll tell you, I know a lot of people who are really, really interested. Sometimes I'll make fun of it as a joke. And they're like, you don't believe it? Right. And they think I'm the crazy one, you know? And then you tell them you're a Capricorn and they're like, oh, there, that's why. Yeah, they, it's actually exactly what one of my friends said to me. He's like, well, a Capricorn would think that. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's a very Capricorn thing of you to say. And they strongly believe it because it helps guide their life. It, it brings comfort, I guess. Mm -hmm. But again, I think it's provably wrong, right? Like, what is the, for those who don't know, I think we've talked about this before, Grant, but what is the scientific method? So... I'm not sure that I can really answer that articulately. You can ask Chat GPT if you want. <laughs> Should I ask Chat GPT? I think we just can probably just, yeah, just in a like general that. give us a, right. a general definition. Sorry, a general please. phrasing Here. of it. Yeah, yeah, the idea of it. So the general idea yeah. is that you make a prediction or a hypothesis, and then you perform an experiment to see if the hypothesis is true or not. So you either accept or reject mm -hmm. your hypothesis. Then you have to do it and record it in a reproducible way mm -hmm. so that other people can then attempt to reproduce your findings. And then the more they repeat it, yeah, are you know reproducible, then it's generally accepted as fact. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to mention one specific case that's sort of related here. Mm -hmm. When Einstein was essentially theorizing about how gravity worked, he made a prediction that you know gravity is a bending of space-time mm -hmm. so he said if you take a picture during a solar eclipse of the stars behind the sun they're not going to be in the same position as when you take a picture of that same area of the sky when the sun is not there because the sun has bent that light like a lens mm -hmm. and people said well that's ridiculous like gravity doesn't bend light you know it's not a lens but well you can test it you can test it so in 1919 i think that's the year i could be wrong it was in that decade, there was an expedition to a bunch of different areas of the globe in the path of a total solar eclipse to take these images. What did they find? Well, the stars did in fact move by the exact amount predicted by his equations for the mass of the sun. Mm. And so there you have a testable prediction based on what was a radical new theory. That prediction was you know, examined the experiment was done. And then you can essentially say, okay, well, there's evidence for this theory. Yeah. Yeah. And then other people could reproduce that they could do the exact same experiment, right and find the same result. Yeah. And so they obviously did this with the ideas behind astrology, right? Yeah. And we're talking about the idea that these star positions and planet positions well, again, there's two elements here. One, it's that those are where they said they are. Mm -hmm. And two, that they mean these very specific, but also not specific traits and attributes that you can then attribute to somebody based on the month they were born. Yeah. Which is, okay. And then people take this knowledge and they go, I shouldn't be friends with this person because my attributes don't match with your attributes, according to what I just read. And I can now feel that because 
it says it, so I feel it. I now make decisions based on on this idea that I am who I am because of these alleged star positions. It's kind of insane, right? Yeah. And some people will use it for like romantic relationships and all mm-hmm. sorts of crazy stuff that, you know, why would you base something so important to your life on? I would go on dates and it would end dates like immediately. For me, I would, <laughs> as soon as I found out. Maybe they just told you that's why, Josh. They're like, oh, you're a Capricorn. Yeah, I'm going to go, but actually... No, there were people when I found out somebody was into astrology. Yeah. I mean, I don't... It wouldn't end it immediately. Oh, it ended dates from your perspective. I thought, like, yeah. you, you told someone you're a Capricorn. They're like, mm, I'm out of here. And I was like, well, that seems convenient. Right? I mean, there were times once I argued with them, I knew it wouldn't work out. Right. But there were other times where it's like, at the very least, I knew there wasn't going to be a relationship after this, you know? Right. I couldn't in good conscience, like... I don't know, there's just something to me about having that understanding and critical thinking to know... You just don't want to date a dummy. <laughs> No, just it seems so obvious to me that if it's provably incorrect that you wouldn't continue to think it's true. But there's lots and lots and lots of people. So if you met like an otherwise perfect person and she was like, oh, yeah, I I totally believe in this stuff. You'd be like, but otherwise is like into fact. What do you mean by otherwise, though? Because like, yeah, to believe in this, you actually have to then be open in general to not having that kind of critical mind that believes in science. Yeah. Right. I know that people make kind of exceptions for themselves, especially religiously. But again, like we were saying, when it's unfalsifiable, there's like a loophole there. Like you can kind of be like, well, you can't prove it's not. Like we don't know. So you can use we don't know to fill in with faith. Right. Okay. But there's no faith here. You could do an experiment and be like, okay, here's a bunch of people that are technically Virgos. And it says here that a Virgo is an earth sign represented by the maiden. And these individuals are analytical, practical, and hardworking. And they have a keen eye for detail and are known for their perfectionism. Okay. Virgos are perfectionistic. So then we could do a scientific study and see if Virgos are more perfectionistic than everybody else. Right. They've probably done this. I'm sure they've done this, right? And I'm sure it's turned out they're not any more perfectionistic than anybody else. That should end it, right? That should be like, oh, okay, I guess it's not what I thought it was. But then people's minds, they find a way to still make it work or Mm -hmm. say, well, you know, there's other ways of being perfectionistic and there's emotional perfectionism and then there's... I don't know. They'll always find a way to make it fit, like fitting a square peg into a round hole. Does it sound like a rant? It sounded like I was ranting. Um, I don't know. No, you're right. I think I, I don't disagree with you. Oh, okay. Good to know. Because I know you were saying at the beginning of this podcast that you were really big into stuff, Aya. So. Well, I think you've convinced me otherwise. Oh, you've convinced okay. me that it's a foolhardy, non-science, <laughs> pseudoscience. I'm kind of triggered by it because I have good friends who, oh. they're just driven by it. You know? Yeah, I don't know anyone who's like super into it. I don't think. I don't feel like it's that big in Florida either. Yeah. No? Like certain areas, like you're saying, LA. You know, it's there's a little more it's interest. Like a thing. Yeah. Like West Coast. Why is that? Yeah. More hippie-ish, I guess. I don't know. It's like a laid back kind of belief system. But I think it's kind of ironic because you can't see any stars from LA practically. There's so much light pollution. And I think this is part of why there was so much interest and like why this originated in ancient times is there was no artificial lighting. So people would go out of their house and be able to see a sky full of thousands of stars. Like with your naked eye in a dark place, you can see probably like at least 5,000 stars. And yet now you look at the sky in most cities and you might see the brightest like half dozen. Mm. Another thing that I think might impact on this, and I don't know if this study has been refuted, but I read a study that before you had artificial lighting, a lot of people tended to sleep in biphasic sleep where you know it would get dark fairly early 
you'd go to sleep for a while, wake up for two or three hours in the middle of the night, and then go back to sleep. And they use like, I guess, literary evidence to support this. Now, because we have artificial lighting, well, when it gets dark, there's no reason to you know, go to sleep right away. Josh would know that very well. <laughs> oh my God. A little too well, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't want to uh, know this yeah. as well as I do. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> like if you're going to be awake for some hours in the night, you'd look out and see, you know, what stars are there. Right. And some of it's relevant. Like if you're subsisting on agriculture, you need to know, you know, what seasons are coming, when you should plant your crops. And so in a way, you get familiar with what constellations are in the sky for a given time of year to know, okay, the weather's going to start to change relatively soon. Well, that's useful. Yeah. yeah. And this is like, I think, where the origin of it came from. Like, we became an agricultural society, maybe like 10,000 years ago, and it was so efficient in feeding people that people just converted. Like you can see this wave of agriculture in archaeological site Mm. spreading across the world. And so I think people have been looking at the stars long before that. But when agriculture came, you better know like when to plant your crops. Mm. Oh, wow. That is, this is great having a professor on uh, on board. Although aren't you also a professor, Aya? Not anymore. I was. I was an assistant professor because I was teaching a Spanish course at Western. Nice. But I'm not teaching any right now. Yeah. So I'm no longer. Actually, they took, it was still up there for a while. It said assistant professor. And I was like, okay, in my head, I'm still a professor. You still are. Yeah. You don't lose that. I should have like at least screenshotted that. So I could be like, look, I was a professor. But yeah, no, I'm not. Well, Grant, you left too. You'll still always be one. Yeah. I probably saved the website before I, you know. That's what a true, a true intelligent person would do. Yeah, I should have. I was just like, it'll be there forever. They'll never update it. Grant, I know one thing about you is you actually do love going out and taking trips out late at night, seeing the stars, right? Yeah. I know that you've driven long distances in Florida to do so. And sometimes you'll call me. Yeah. I remember late at night to tell me like where you've gone to go see this big planetary or astral event. Astral event. That's good. Astral event. Yeah. I knew you'd like that. And then also, if I recall, we did that ourselves. I just remembered when you came to visit at one point, we had, I just remembered, yeah. we went to Joshua Tree National Park or something. Well, Is we did go to Joshua Tree, but that's not what I'm actually remembering because that's the desert. We also yeah. saw some cool stuff. We went with, was it Leopold? Leopold. Yeah. Leopold. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have him on sometime too. And you saved our lives with your reaction time on the way back. Oh yeah. We almost, uh, cause of the, yeah, we had a, a road cut off. Oh. There was construction equipment on the fast lane of this interstate and there's a car ahead of us. And all of a sudden that car swerves and there's like no cones to mark this thing in the middle of the night. Oh, that's crazy. It was like a, you know, backhoe or something. Mm. And so Josh like swerved to avoid this thing. It was scary, but also I didn't get a chance to look in the blind spot. So if there was anyone there that could have been bad. Right. Yeah. I remember that now, but (laughs) it's interesting. You remember that. Thanks for that, by the way. (laughs) I'm glad I could save. I mean, if I did hit something, then it would have been the opposite. would have taken all of your lives right but there'd be no podcast so yeah yeah exactly (laughs) now i'm remembering the thing where we went to san francisco and i think we yeah we flew to san francisco and then yeah we rented a car we rented a red mustang convertible yeah and we drove back along practical josh very practical 
What do you mean? Oh, but... actually, those are okay, aren't they? I don't know. No, it was great. It, it... I was just making fun of you. You're supposed yeah. to be practical Capricorn. Oh, okay. No, I wanted to rent like a cheap car. And he's okay. like, no, oh, if we're going to rent something, like we got to have a good time driving down the Pacific Coast Highway. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds. Okay. No, it wasn't. That like yeah. Well, it ended up being expensive for another reason. I'll yeah. say in a second. Yeah. Okay. We had a beautiful <laughs> drive along the coast, right? And it took us a couple days, I think. Yeah. And we did. We spent time going out and taking photos of the stars it was really beautiful out there where there was a lot less light pollution right yeah or just pollution in general but on the way back i got my very first ever and only speeding ticket yeah i remember when the cop pulled us over because i guess we were just driving so long i lost track of the speed i asked the cop i remember did you pull us over probably because we were driving in this like bright red convertible and at first i remember going no 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 and then he goes i mean it didn't help <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's obviously, yeah. it was a good chance if we were driving a much more like under the radar car, yeah. might not have gotten stopped. Right. And it wasn't even that fast. Like if you go that fast in Florida, like, you know, people are passing you. But <laughs> I remember it was like 180 something. We were going like 180 miles an hour. Miles? No, you weren't. No. Not 180. Not no, no. One... Sorry, sorry. No, no. no 180. What are you talking about? One... No. Okay. No, no. Not one... 180 not kilometers one... <laughs> is still crazy. No, no. Not yeah. 180. It was 80 yeah. something. Oh, sorry, eighty something. I thought it was seventy-eight miles an hour, which, like, the speed limit was oh. sixty. I think it was eighty-three oh. or something. I don't know. I'm not okay. sure. I thought it was one eighty like miles. Is that even possible <laughs> in a car? I don't think so. Sorry, I got confused. It just no. 80. I just want to keep making fun of you for a second, Josh. Um, no. <laughs> I added a hundred to it for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, that's crazy. No wonder you're. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it happens when you grow up with kilometers. If he drove that fast, I would have just not gotten back in the car yeah. in the middle of California <laughs> and said, like, I'll hitchhike or something. Yeah. <laughs> Hitchhiking is a safer option in that instance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just remember that, Grant, you love to go see these astral events because yeah. you're big. I remember you took astronomy, right? This is probably a good segue into astronomy, but you took astronomy yeah. in university too, right? I did. Actually, it was. So it was at Western, but it was while we were in high school. There was some program that you could take. Really? The first year, yeah, year course. So I was in grade 12. And then um, oh. I think one of our other classmates and I took that course. You continued it though, right? Into when we were all kind of in university? I think I took one more, maybe one or two more courses. Like that was an introduction to astronomy. And then there was uh, maybe, there was another general astronomy course, maybe a second year one, and then a planetary science course. Oh, and nice. I find planetary science really interesting, like uh, plate tectonics and hmm. stuff like that. So can you define some of this for us? So in relation to astrology, yeah. how would you okay. define astronomy? So astronomy is monitoring the sky it can be the stars planets the sun space moons anything in space that you're looking out at the sky and you're measuring it in a scientific way and you might make predictions based off of that like you know two stars are orbiting each other and they're going to block each other out at a certain point because of your observations but your predictions are more of a you know scientific in basis than the specific of someone's life right was. right not like you're going to meet a new friend tomorrow because that star moved a little to the left right but <laughs> i'm going to say and it might shock you josh that i do think 
that the positions of the stars in the sky can have large-scale impacts on human societies, oh, not on individuals. No, I've heard people talk about that. Yeah, but over like long periods of time and affecting the course of civilizations. Oh. I mean, that makes sense because people yeah. are also affected by... Obviously, they're affected by what they can see or feel from the sky, right? Is that why? Yes. I, I want to hear Grant's explanation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, that's just... So I want you to picture Africa. You got the Sahara Desert, you know, in the northern half of the continent. Egypt is on the east side of the Sahara Desert. You got the Nile going through the desert. That gives a little area of greenery where a civilization could develop. But the rest of it, you know, what do we learn in school? It's a giant desert. There's a bunch of sand dunes. Some people live along the Mediterranean coast and maybe along the Atlantic coast, but not very many. And it's very uninhabitable in the interior. Does that sound accurate of what we learn? It sounds accurate. I mean, I haven't been there. Okay. <laughs> now... I'll ask you both, how long do you think it's been a desert? Oh. The Sahara? Uh, Not forever. Not forever, yeah. Uh, let's guess. Just a random guess. 20,000 years. I don't want to, if I guess I'm going to be wrong. There's too many numbers. Okay. <laughs> 20,000 years is not a bad guess. Thank you. Josh? Well, if that's not a bad guess, then I yeah. guess <laughs> uh, 50,000 years. All right. So what if I told you it was under 10 and maybe as little as five? Okay. Oh. But it's in the thousands okay. and not like so millions like within... or billions. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but we're starting to get into the time scale of human civilizations here. Okay. So one big discovery, people were searching, I think, for oil and gas. Of course, that's why people look under the ocean. And they use side scan sonar to scan the seafloor. It's hard to get high resolution imagery of the seafloor because there's a bunch of water in the way. <laughs> And off of the western coast of Africa, in a place called the Gulf of Arguen, they found a giant underwater canyon with this side scan sonar. This was in 2003. Mm -hmm. And they're like, huh, usually canyons like that occur with very large river systems. So the Nile, the Ganges, the Mississippi, the Amazon like they carve out into the continental shelf under the ocean, these canyons, because the silt-laden water flows down the continental shelf and kind of carves it out. So they're like, wow, this is a big canyon for a desert. You know, it's kind of a hard area to do science. But later there was a satellite that I think used some kind of radar to penetrate the sand dunes. And it mapped out river valleys. And in 2015, there's a paper published mapping out what they called the Tamanrasset River that originates near this town of Tamanrasset in the, the Sahara, flows kind of northward under the south of the Atlas Mountains and then south, and it exits at this Gulf of Arguen. And the Gulf of Arguen is kind of like a crescent shape between two capes, like there's Cape Tamiris and Cape Blanc on either side. And so this was an ancient river delta with a water flow similar to the Ganges in India. So the Ganges is a watershed that supports a huge number of people. And so this was a lot of water flow. And the reason there was a bunch of water there some thousands of years ago, and they're not now, is that procession of the equinoxes that we talked about with the astrological signs. Hmm. So the astrological signs being what they were 2000 years ago, but not today, that's because the Earth's axis has changed. And it changes the amount of sunlight that the northern hemisphere mm. receives. The literal physical change based on the stars yeah. moving. Yeah. And the stars being like, the sun is a star. The sun is a, is a star. And so... 
you know, it's not directly the positions of the the stars that are having the effect. It's the amount of sunlight that is received. Mm -hmm. But the change in the positions of stars is reflective of the Earth's axis and orbit, uh -huh. orbital parameters changing. Hmm. Yeah. And can you define equinoxes, by the way, first? Precession of the yeah. equinoxes. Sure. So an equinox is when the sun is directly over the Earth's equator. Okay. So it occurs in March and in September. A lot of religions have stuff that happens around the equinox, you know, within a month or two on either side, because uh, when it's the vernal equinox, the spring equinox in the Northern Hemisphere, the sun is getting higher in the sky and bringing spring. And so it's a time of renewal. So Easter, Passover, and oh, yeah. a bunch of stuff occur around that time. You also get sort of the opposite of an equinox is a solstice, where the sun reaches as far north or south of the equator, where it's directly overhead. The winter solstice. Yeah. Right. December 21st for well, the Christmas. northern hemisphere. Yeah. Uh, which probably had some, you know, tradition yeah. origins in older pagan ceremonies of like Yule and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Wait, there's a September one too. That is that not so for the Jewish New Year? Is that a thing? You said there's something about September. Oh no. Uh, you'd have to fill me in on that. I'm. I'm oh, not... I don't know. Yeah. She's just wondering if it, if it lined up with the Jewish New Year, which would be around September. Yeah, there's a New Year in September. Yeah. But I don't know. Although it's not always September either, is it? Because September the, the, the Jewish calendar is a lunar. Yeah, yeah. Always the lunar calendar. Right. Or solar for, I guess, the Christian one. Yeah. Okay. So what you're saying, I want to be clear here, though, too, because what you're saying is it sounds like you're giving a scientific basis for astrology. Right. But... You're not. You're talking about astronomy. No. I'm talking <laughs> about astronomy. Yeah. But it, I'm kind of doing that for dramatic effect. Yeah. That it's easy to say the stars and their positions never matter. They matter for yeah, yeah. yeah. They they matter in very grand scales related to the Earth's climate. But those changes take thousands of years. Yeah. And yeah. they are testable and quantifiable. They just yeah. don't matter in a way that if it's Any... if you're born between January 20th and February 18th, then you're an Aquarius yeah. and you're innovative, eccentric, and have a strong humanitarian streak, and you value independence and often ahead of your time. Right. Like you got a picture on the kind of scales where these things matter. We are no bigger than ants as an individual. Like it's mm -hmm. irrelevant. Yeah. So, but it affects the earth, and that yeah. has. Yeah. Obviously, on that kind of scale, everything trickles down. Right. Yeah. Trickle down astronomics. Yes. So <laughs> people definitely lived in the Sahara Desert when a greater amount of sunlight there created a monsoon that brought moisture from the Atlantic over the desert and, you know, created a system of great lakes, massive river systems, and essentially a large area of savanna. There's cave paintings in caves in the middle of the Sahara of African wildlife that only exists a thousand miles south today mm -hmm. to, you mm -hmm. know, give you an idea that humans live there. And I think that they live there repeatedly. There's even a hypothesis called the, I think it's the Saharan pump hypothesis where essentially hominids and eventually humans would come from, you know, more southern areas of Africa into the Sahara during those periods where it was relatively wet and a nice climate to live. They migrate to the northern shore of Africa, and then weather patterns would change due to these orbital parameter changes on astronomical timescales, and the area would start to dry out, and they'd need somewhere to go. 
And the only place that you could go over land was across the Sinai Peninsula and into the Levant and spread out from there. So for hundreds of thousands and maybe even up to a million years, various generations of hominins have been essentially pumped out of Africa into Europe and into Asia. So you had like Homo erectus in China, like hundreds of thousands of years ago, Homo heidelbergensis reached Europe probably 650,000 years ago. They branched off into Neanderthals and another species called the Denisovans. And then finally, our species came out of Africa, interbred with those species and kind of created the modern species that we have today Ooh. i'm sorry i thought so wait not adam and eve what it's not uh <laughs> six thousand years ago no, what adam and eve were in the sahara desert and then they got kicked out yeah. and then other people were in the sahara desert and they got kicked <laughs> they out got because kicked it became out. a desert again wait were adam and eve homo erectus or were they no but there is this concept in biochemistry of y chromosomal adam and mitochondrial eve okay so if you take the genetics of every living person today and look at you know the men at their y chromosome there is a common ancestor i don't remember the exact date but it's in the range of like 180,000 years ago where every male on earth is descended from this one guy now he wasn't the only male person living at the time it's just all the others who have descendants today had a daughter somewhere in the line of descent so they didn't pass on a y chromosome mm. likewise you inherit mitochondria only from your mother and so you can look at mitochondrial dna these are the little organelles the powerhouse of the cell and find again a common ancestor and i believe that that common ancestor is a little further back in time. So maybe tens of thousands of years. So mitochondrial Eve and Y chromosomal Adam did not live contemporaneously. And they weren't like married or anything. Uh, no. <laughs> Living in a garden together. Wait, do we know whether or not Adam was a Sagittarius? Oh my God. Or a Pisces? <laughs> was he adventurous, no. optimistic, <laughs> and have a love for travel? <laughs> and have a philosophical outlook on life? Or was he imaginative, sensitive, and have a strong intuition and have a compassionate nature? So basically, instead of those, astrology should be saying <laughs> things like, if you live in this area, you will probably have to move out in 2000 <laughs> years because there's going to be a really bad uh, drought and you yeah. can move back to that. Then it wouldn't be astrology. Well, I'm just saying that would be accurate astrology. Like you will have yeah. to yeah. move. If astrology were scientifically based. Yes. Then right. that would be yeah. something scientific you yeah. could glean from it. Right. Yeah. But even so, like what you're talking about is actually mixing. I mean, I feel like there's a bit of a blurred line here between yeah. the science of astronomy and just, you know, physical sciences on Earth as well, right? It's essentially mixing astronomy and anthropology and, yes, you know, anthropology. finding how it has interacted with human history. Right. And they all affect each other. Yeah. Obviously, they all influence, interact with each other, all the different sciences. First of all, it's amazing how much knowledge you have on all these subjects. I know that you love yeah. astronomy. I actually... I actually love astronomy too. I think you know that, obviously, Grant. We we bond over I do. Yeah. a love yeah. for it. You're much better at. I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't know if I've talked to you as much about this, Aya. I don't think you have, and you talk to me so much, but I not you about so that. Much. <laughs> well, here's what's interesting. It is one of my favorite subjects, but it's also one of the ones that scares me the most. Yeah. What does that mean? Like, for example, I used to say two of the biggest unknowns. I wanted to go into something when I first, you know, when I went to school, were outer space, basically astronomy, and the human brain. Mm. 
And I went into neuroscience because one, it felt like something more that I could apply in my everyday life, but also, you know, it was more applicable like immediately, but two, because astronomy and just like outer space scares the shit out of me. Yeah, as it should. Yeah, it should. Like when you realize how infinitesimally small we are, it's, yeah, it, I don't know. I almost shut down. Like when I think about it, it's. I think it's kind of nice. It makes you feel like. I don't have to worry about all those stupid things I'm worried about. I'm just like a little. It's unfathomable. Like, I'm a nothing. Yeah. I think about one of the craziest things to me is black holes. That's one of the things that jump started my. Everybody loves black holes. Well, we don't just... love them, but like we're all fascinated by black holes. I think I did like a grade six project about it. And I was like. We talked uh... about this before, right? Like this I brought Probably. up, for example. Granted, I tell you this before. I did a speech when I was in Hebrew school <laughs> with Aya, actually, when we were in oh. class. I did a speech on. Um, Oh, I remember now it was a speech competition and you could make a speech about anything you wanted. Yeah, you're giving me a look like, what am I talking this. about? Well, we talked about this on a previous podcast. Were we together? We... No, no, no. We didn't work together. together. Oh. No, no, no. I just meant like you did. A... Everybody. I did. don't remember a speech. Oh. I don't think I did. Oh. Maybe you didn't do Because it kind of sounded like you were saying that you worked together. Oh, yeah, my God. No, exactly. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, no. I didn't work with Aya on this. It was all separate. Okay. I, I, you'll remember when I tell you the rest of it. But okay, basically... Okay, okay. I did a speech on black holes and I worked really hard on it. And I talked about the different types of black holes, like the Reisner Nordstrom and the Kerr black holes. Grant, you know what I'm talking about, right? The different. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I put so much effort into this very like scientific and kind of verbose speech. And I came in second place. Mm, who came in first georgia adele what did she talk about she did a speech on snails <laughs> and her speech was like snails are great i love snails but i think that georgia like hardly ever spoke so, so everybody was like everyone she was talks. like oh my god she can talk and like Whereas josh, like, josh whatever yeah <laughs> like josh new. doing a speech is like whatever this is more surprising to us well you still got second it's nothing to sneer at no it's nothing to sneer at i'm I'm so proud of that. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Snails. Everybody loves snails. Come on. It's true. It was a good, no, she did a great job. Chris, she said it. you don't love snails. I'm definitely not still jaded about a girl. Yeah, you're in not class. holding any grudges. Younger wow. <laughs> Below me. 20 years later. Yeah. <laughs> Beating me in grade like five or six or whatever it was. But ever since then, I've loved astronomy. I've loved outer space. And I'm even making, I think I told you about this, I'm making a TV show, or at least I'm developing a TV series right now called Long Distance about a kid who grows up on another planet that we've colonized in the future and dreams of coming to Earth and he travels mm -hmm. to Earth to meet up with a girl that he's fallen in love with on like space Tinder. <laughs> and it's about that journey traveling 4.3 light years away because he's in another, mm -hmm. I guess in another galaxy. No, no, if it's 4.3 light years away, that's... wait. Literally, wait, oh, no, oh, sorry, sorry, the, no, no, not that's like I'm next the, door, it's the Josh. nearest star. <sighs> sorry, the nearest star. I used the wrong yeah. terminology because I'm nervous okay. around Grant, yeah. as you should be. He corrected you real quick. <laughs> it was like, no, it's potentially Josh. the no, no, it's potentially the nearest extrasolar habitable planet, Proxima Centauri B. Yes, and we're using that as our. I'm sorry, what is that word? What did you just use? Okay, so the, the Proxima Alpha... Centauri B, Proxima Centauri B, yeah, so the star yeah. is Proxima Centauri. It's it's a red dwarf star that orbits a binary system of two sun-like stars called Alpha and Beta Centauri. Is it? No, it's Alpha Centauri A and B. 
I apologize. Oh my gosh. Uh, that's okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, there you but go. Now we I, now yeah. I'm not the so, only one who said yeah. something <laughs> wrong. Mine was really yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. But <laughs> it's this like little red dwarf that is far fainter than the sun. And a few years ago, some astronomers found a terrestrial or rocky planet orbiting this star in what might be its theoretical habitable zone, where if conditions were right and it had the right atmosphere, it could have liquid water on its surface. Cool. Right. If, if, if. Yeah. So I'm writing a TV show that basically says it does. Oh, and we inhabited it some hundreds of years later and yeah. making that the basis of the show. And I wanted it to be as scientifically accurate as possible. Mm -hmm. And that means you have to get into astro astrologic, into astronomy <laughs> and astronomy sciences, right? How is your character traveling light years? Fun fact, the backstory, this is actually interesting to come up, like if I was pitching this to networks, this might be too much information. Yeah, you're really happy that I asked you that question. Yes, yeah. I am. <laughs> if okay. I was pitching this to networks, I think this would be like too much backstory to give and they'd be like, we don't care about the science. But- this is stuff that we actually worked on to come up with. And it's because I do have a love for this. And I'm working with a friend who also has a love for it and is making sure it's as scientifically accurate as possible. But basically, we've said that, okay, sometime in the future, we were able to colonize this world because we sent a ship with some people 4.3 light years away to the planet. Now, 4.3 light years, meaning it takes light one year, you know, that's when we're talking about light years, right? So that's how far they have to travel. You know what light years are? Who are you just... Oh, just... you're saying, oh. I'm just explaining what How you're saying. How dare you assume that Gribs and I don't know what light years are. No, you guys know. But not our dumb Obviously. listeners. Is that what you're saying? Didn't Aya do a project on black holes too? <laughs> I did. A, I, it was, this was like grade four, like, and I don't remember anything. Like that's based on like, remember our research used to be like, I found a book printed 10 years ago that has like some basic stuff it used to be whether pluto was a planet or not pluto was definitely <laughs> a planet at that point it used to be i think it should it was be 100 percent a planet come on i don't i have i don't care anyway <laughs> okay sorry sorry yeah explain to us like we would not be able to obviously travel there right now with what we have it would take way too long we'd be dead by the time anything got there but because we can't travel the speed of, if we could travel the speed of light it would take us four and whatever years. well you don't actually have to travel the whole thing is you don't have to travel the speed of light no so but you if, travel something that's 4.3 light years you just have to get no. closer to the speed of light right so i'd imagine that we come up with some sort of nuclear propulsion technology which we're like already working on enough to get maybe close to a percentage of that and maybe it takes 50 years to send a ship there so we managed to do that and one guy survived the trip and imagined that on the planet he found some sort of like resource that could easily be converted into antimatter, which could then potentially be an even greater power source. So we can get even closer to the speed of light by fueling it with this antimatter fuel, basically. And that's what they do. And now we can travel up to like 50% the speed of light or something cool. back and forth. And, you know, that's how we developed that. So now they're traveling on ships with this antimatter fuel. So obviously it still takes some... like eight years, but each way. And then it takes like seven or eight years exactly to travel. Hmm. But then it becomes more reasonable once we understand how that could potentially work. And there's all kinds of theories and how we'd get to that point. Well, that's the fun of sci-fi and science fiction is using a scientific basis for what the future could be. And remember all the things that Star Trek talked about in the past, which used to sound crazy. We'd see people on like video monitors talking to each other over long distances and be like, that'll never happen. That's nuts, yeah. <laughs> and now we're FaceTiming each other all the time. Here we are. Remember how flip phones were the representative of that? <laughs> things 
are changing and they're changing fast. Yeah. Also, I remembered a random thing when Josh was talking. I was definitely listening, Josh, but this is completely unrelated. Yeah, yeah, sure. Grant, do you remember when one of our friends drew like different superhero versions of us? Yeah. And yours had something with like some anti. Did you not have antimatter or something like orbiting around your head? I remember you had, because we were all like, why is Grant's so much cooler than the rest of ours? It was amazing. And he was like, yeah, it was amazing. And he was like, Grant gave me very specific specifications for like what each thing would be. Whereas the rest of us were like, make me a superhero. And you were like, I would like an antimatter helmet with, uh, (laughs) no, I don't remember what it was, but it was like, it was really cool. I don't know if you still have it somewhere, but that was a very cool little superhero guy that you had. I think I have it saved somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I would hope so, I, yeah. I think my brain was exposed and like yes. there was a glass yeah. helmet yeah. around it or something. Yes. You know, that guy was a skilled artist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yours was way better than the rest of ours, though. We were like, what the hell, man? Yeah. This is so much better. Yeah. I just had him. I remember that. So. That's how we know that astronomy is something that you can. I mean, that's what sci-fi is like based on. We can actually use that science and come up with. We can predict the future. That's what a good science does, right? You can use it to predict the future. Right. I don't think there's anything, there's no like science-based shows that are using astrology. (laughs) I mean, there is an episode of what, the Orville? Did you ever see this, Grant? You watch the Orville? I've seen the show, but I don't remember an episode like that. So I don't know if I've seen them all. It was a Star Trek-like episode where they came to a planet that everybody there used astrology as their belief system. Mm. And depending on the month you were born, they actually... Like if you were born in one particular month, they put you in like a prison camp because they believed that that's what the stars say. Yeah. And they treated it like it was a science. And they think they solved that issue in that episode by creating a fake star in the sky t- <laughs> so that it showed that it changed and everybody would be able to be released from the camp. Or they gave you the appearance of a fake star. I is really enthusiastic about this right now sorry i was very <laughs> briefly searching for the like superhero thing i was also listening i could tell that oh I was did it searching. look different i was tell. like you can see her face sorry <laughs> no it's really interesting sorry josh i'm the worst i'm see grant when you talk about things you're like a professor when i talk about things i'm just like a giddy kind of like no it's great that's the best professors talk like that they're like really excited about what they're talking about josh no i'm sorry i should have paid more attention can you repeat your entire story now i'll pay better attention (laughs) just kidding yeah so how about um it looks like this is going to be another one of our two parters here because we have a lot more to say we sure do so what do you say we let's pause yeah what do you say Grant, Aya. Let's take a little, let's take a week off. Yeah, quote unquote week week off. Sounds good to me. (laughs) Before the second part. Yeah, we'll end episode 54 here. Yeah. And pick it up next time. Sounds good. This has been another episode of Adulthood Friends. Thank you for listening. And uh, please follow us on Facebook and on whatever listening platform you like to listen to. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, Audible, Amazon Music, Amazon Music, whatever other music plays. And, (laughs) you know, it's good to subscribe because then maybe you'll be like, installing a bidet in your bathroom for instance and it'll malfunction and while it's malfunctioning our podcast will automatically play in the background oh my god and you'll listen to way more of it than you ever would have normally this is so funny wait i was saying this because i told her how my friend jacob who i think we'll have on shortly to talk about a totally different topic i think gun violence he just told me that he was installing a bidet in his bathroom and while he i know he was doing did i tell you i told you this yeah his his bidet was like i don't know there was like a problem and it's like squirting water in his face and like 
like flooding the area and he's like trying to fix it. Meanwhile, our podcast came on, I think the episode on stability and he couldn't ironically on stability and he couldn't like get a hand free to turn it off. So he's hearing us like speak very calmly and like, Hey, how was your week? And or six months, you know, how's it been? And he had to listen to like a good chunk of the episode. He as was he's, forced like, getting... to listen to us. Isn't that <laughs> sad? That poor man. He's just like, Oh my God, what are they talking about? And then we're just like, what are you drinking oh it's diet soda that's so bad for you Have he you said it was pretty good yeah he's <laughs> he yeah. very calm very even calming. though he was being sprayed in the face with water toilet water he yeah. just thought it was hilarious the contrast of how calming right our voices were in relation to him. that is like a comedy sketch like just that is being stuck listening to something he literally he facetimed me after and he had his glasses were like covered in drops. He didn't yeah. wipe them off before he talked to you. Maybe he tried. I don't know. He was... he obviously didn't try. Yeah. <laughs> no, he wanted <laughs> he me to see what it did. He didn't try it. Like that's you either wipe them off or you don't. It's not I just don't like, know. I don't have. Where are those glasses? Whoops! I accidentally wiped my. I don't have glasses like you guys have had, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. What <laughs> you don't like. understand the mechanism of wiping. I don't understand off. glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, oh, man. so this is the end of part yeah. one. Please stick around for part two, where we continue talking to Grant Vesna, our resident genius here. Well, he's not resident. He's not here, but well, he's, he's a resident there. of North America. He's a resident of, yeah. On the internet. Yes. He's resident <laughs> on my screen right now. So yeah. Yes. And listen to yeah. us talk about astronomy versus astrology further into the universe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how do we usually end this thing? I think somebody's talking and you just cut the music off at some point. And the music just kind of... Or the music cuts us off. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Josh doesn't do it. It just happens. Just happens. It's magical. Grant, you can talk to You can say nothing. <laughs> just like talk about something really interesting or not interesting. So the oldest seafloor on earth is actually located under the Mediterranean Sea. It was thought to be in the Pacific Ocean, east of the Marianas Trench. Uh-huh. And that's about 190 million years old. Uh-huh. But recently they found 340 million year old seafloor. Oh, did they? At the bottom of the eastern Mediterranean. I feel like Josh is not going to cut you off because that was no, that's like too interesting. I'll start talking about trivial things. Tell us about Stargate, Josh. Well, no, actually, Stargate is great. Okay, first of all. Stargate isn't trivial. I know you love, yeah. It actually is heavily based in science and astronomy and not in astrology. So boom.